Today is Baptism Sunday. If you haven't heard that 20 times already, it's because we're excited. All right? And uh, we do this about every four, three, four months, or kind of as needed, different things like that. Uh, And our kids tend to stay in here with us. They get a chance to kind of watch it. uh, And even at some point, probably begin to kind of bug you a little bit and say, hey, when can I get baptized? When can I get baptized? Uh, And we kind of leave that up to kids and parents talking to each other. And then we usually sit down and we talk with somebody. And what we do is we ask questions and kind of pull someone's story out. So I will say that there probably is an age where uh, they may still not be able to really comprehend a whole lot of like the questions and and what they feel like God has been doing in their life. And so many times we do kind of lean more towards that, uh, but we are not super rigid in a lot of these things. And and we're going to talk more after baptism, a little bit about beliefs surrounding baptism. What do we believe about it? Uh, What do we kind of see other churches believing? Why are there so many different beliefs about it? And so we'll cover that a little bit here. Uh, But right now, I want to jump into baptisms, all right? And uh, so now understand this. This is not something that is just for the people getting baptized today. All right, and that, that's a mistake that we have made in the Western Americanized church um, is taking everything and making it individual. Like communion, oh, it's about me and God right now. And baptism, oh, it's about what God's doing in my life right now. And that is a piece of it for sure. But when we make everything individual, like that, there's just no scriptural backing for this idea of walking with God alone. Like this is about community. This is about doing things together. This is the body of Christ. All right. And so, so what that means for you guys is you have a part to play today. All right. And, and when someone wants to get baptized, like, yes, it's about like them announcing what God has done in their life. But at the same time, now, we don't believe that this is necessarily baptizing people into our church. Like, no one today is becoming members of our church. No one is, like, stuck here and, like, you have to be part of this church or anything like that, to be honest. Like, but I do believe that baptism is about being, joining the, the we'll call it the capital C church, the big picture church, the family of God. All right, so someone came to me and said, hey, I want to get baptized. And if they didn't really go to our church, I'd be like, okay, well, uh, are, you, are you interested in, in coming to our church? Nope. Okay, that's, you're still not disqualified here. That's fine, you know. Uh, are, are you going to be part of a church? Like, what church are you thinking you want to get involved with? And if at that point the answer is like, I, I don't really think I want to be involved in church, I'd probably be like, I, I don't know if, if we're going to baptize you. Like, this is about joining God's family and being part of a community. And, and it is so needed to have this uh, one another that we have together, all right? Um, and so with that being said, like, you guys do have a job today as being the family of God, and that is this. When they get baptized, all right, we need to celebrate some of this, all right? Like, we need to be incredibly overjoyed and excited for the people that are making this decision. Uh, we need to make sure that they feel welcomed and that we, we do this together with them. This is not individualistic. All right? And with that, here's what it's going to look like. We, we've asked some specific questions of them. Uh, some of it has been sitting down in interviews. Some has just been sent them questions. We've kind of compiled that uh, into a little bit of a story um, and that talks about their journey. And I'm going to share that story with you today. So I'll share parts of those stories. Aaron is going to bring them down under the water, representing Jesus' death and burial. All right? And... She will then bring them back up. That's an important step in baptism. 
Okay, if you're ever looking for a how-to, if there is not a bring them back up, <laughs> go to a different website and find new instruction. I don't know. Like that's bring them back up. And, and the cool thing is that actually represents them coming out of death and burial and a grave and it, it represents resurrection. And with this, we actually get to be like, this is a moment where we are uh, associating with Jesus. His death and burial, and then his resurrection. And we come up, and we are a new person in a new life, all right? And, and at that point, when they kind of break the water to come back up, we are going to go nuts, all right? That is your job in this room, okay? Like, we are going to celebrate. We will clap, but that is not enough, okay? We are going to cheer. We are going to hoot. We are going to holler and make all sorts of noise, okay? Okay? We all got that? Are you sure? All right. Scandinavians in the room. Do not let me down, okay? Take your hands out of your pockets and open up your mouth, and we're going we're gonna to be excited. All right, so here we go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to move my table back, actually, so that I'm not blocking anybody uh, from viewing this. Family, you are more than welcome, or friends, anybody, you're more than welcome to come up to be able to take pictures, take video. We did have, we actually have a tripod if someone wanted to put their phone in, and we have this recorded, and we will have that uh, posted afterwards on our YouTube channel. You can find it through our website. All right, so we will have video from back there. If you wanted really close video with your phone and you want to put it in a tripod, we have that up here. Just come up here when, when it's time for that person and we can get that set. I asked them and none of them wanted it. They're, they are all like, no, I don't want a camera right in my face. But if you want to, go for it. <laughs> so first up, we have Eva Hinson. All right, so Eva's going to come on up right now. And this water is decently warm. All right. We have had heaters going in and a little percolator that kind of mixes it all up. This is way better than when I lived in Duluth and I baptized people in Lake Superior. All right. That was, I always somehow pulled the short straw and had to baptize. All right. So. I'm excited. We'll, we'll have a little bit of music going. You can probably even just bring it down a little bit. We just want, we want to have a little bit of this time of just kind of focusing on Eva and her story here. And so Eva is part of the youth group here at church. Uh, and, and yeah. And Eva, ch church and God have always sort of been part of your life. It's kind of what you said. You know, uh, many of your early memories are actually in Russia because your parents were missionaries to Russia from when you were age two until seven. All right, so obviously God was a central component to your life and your family's lives. But you said even though God was central to your life, you, you didn't really feel like you had fully connected with him kind of on your own. And you said you didn't really read your Bible a whole lot or pray a whole lot. And, you know, but then last summer, last summer you went to a Christian camp for the first time. And, and while you were there, you felt incredibly close to God and in touch with him. But you were afraid that when you left camp, all of that would leave as well. Like maybe you've been there where you have these moments of this kind of spiritual, emotional high and everything's great. But how do we not just try and live off of that? How do we make sure that stays consistent in our life? 
But you took things into your own hands when you left and you made sure to continue to pursue God after camp, reading your Bible, praying and going after him. And you feel like a lot has changed since you started doing this and pursuing God. You feel like your personality has changed, that you've matured, you are more loving towards other people. I'm sure your siblings really appreciate that. And you proudly proclaim that you follow Jesus. You are asking God for his guidance daily instead of just doing your own thing. And you said so many things have changed for the better. You wanted to get baptized today because you feel like it's your next step. You love God. You want to shout it from the mountaintops. This is your own decision to make today. And you said you feel like uh, there isn't any you know, pressure to do certain things and, and make sure you go through this. But this is your own step. And you had a challenge. We ask every one of them, do you have something to challenge the people with today? And you said, you have a challenge to spend time in the Bible and spend time in prayer. It makes a difference. You really do grow closer to God. All right? So Eva, we are going to baptize you. And, and Aaron, did you go over a little bit of the, uh, you did, awesome, okay. That way, hopefully people aren't choking on water here. So we're going to get ready and uh, Aaron is going to baptize Eva here, but I'm going to, I'm just going to pray for you, and then we'll move in this. So God, we, we just ask that, uh, Lord, that this would be the start of something huge. God, that this would be a springboard, not a mountaintop right now, that another emotional high that she has to figure out how to keep this going, but instead this would be a springboard, just going towards you, jumping into you with all that she has. Eva, because of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah! Yeah! All right, all right. Naomi, I think we have you coming up next. Give it up, Naomi Dalton. All right, and as they come, you know, every one of these stories is going to be different. Everyone, you know, is even kind of a different length. And we know that uh, a length of someone's story doesn't necessarily mean uh, anything compared to the impact that God is having in their life. So, Naomi, you started coming to youth group this past fall. And uh, you talked about how when you were younger, you, you kind of watched a, as an older sibling had struggled. Uh, just making positive decisions all the time, and, and you saw how that impacted their life and your family and, and you, and, and, and you kind of felt like you were starting to head in the same direction. You just didn't really care a whole lot about what was going on in life, and you didn't care about how your grades were or, or anything like that, and, and you were just heading in that same direction. And you'd make a dumb decision, and then you get in trouble for that decision and then you'd make a dumb decision again and you get in trouble and it was that again and again and over and over and you just, you just were in this spot where you didn't know what to do. You wanted to be doing something different. You knew there was probably a better path for your life, but you didn't know what it was. And so you wanted to find that path. And then a new boy came into the picture. And normally that's where most of us say it goes the wrong direction, right? Like, all right? But... You started going to youth group with them. And you started hearing things that began to put your life in a new perspective. And you started to care a little bit more about life and care a little bit more about your grades and just yourself in general. And you began to believe statements like you are a child of God and there is purpose to your life. 
And you said you began to care more about what God thought of you than what anybody else did because the opinion that you should care most about is God's. Instead of responding to problems in life by making dumb decisions, you, you said you try to forget about what is going on and, and that you should be bringing those things to God in prayer. And since this shift has occurred in your life, you now feel like your thought life, your mental health, everything has just been going so much better now that you've allowed God to come into your life and just be part of all of these areas and really be, be central to your life. You said you've always been looking for something more in life, but you weren't really sure what it was until you found God. You've always believed in God, but you didn't quite understand what it meant or looked like to give your life to him. But that's the decision that you've made now. And you may not have all the answers, but that's fine. You're going to keep moving in this direction. And you wanted to get baptized today because you've made a decision to live for Jesus. You want this to be something that really even just defines the rest of your life. You want him to be the first priority, you said. And your challenge to people here today is to pray. If you're struggling with something, or worrying, pray. If you're thinking about someone, pray for them. If things are good, pray. Surround yourself with people that will be encouraging your pursuit of God. Naomi, I'm going to pray over you right now, and then we're going to baptize you. God, we thank you for Naomi and just this walk that she's been on. Lord, every single thing in her life that has led to this, God, it's, we look back on that now and, and through your perspective, we can see how everything has impacted us and how you have used things. God, things that maybe we thought were, were bad or, or something like that, now, God, you can use that. And we thank you for that. Naomi, because of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm sure Pastor Aaron is loving having students from youth group. All right, now we're moving out of youth group. Riley Gritz. All right. Riley, a lot of your story focused around your mental health and your self-worth and really where you kind of found value in life. He said that as a young boy, your dad always brought you to church. Uh, you were part of Sundays and Wednesdays, and this is all just even right here. And you knew that God should be part of your life, but you weren't necessarily ambitious about that relationship at the same time. And as a child, you went through both neglect and abuse from your mother, and this had some pretty massive effects on you. You struggled with interacting with other people and talking to them, and it was a, a big source of anxiety for you. You feel this stem from a feeling of just not being good enough. And, and this continued into your teen years where your self-esteem, your self-worth, and value were really rooted in what other people thought of you. And it was so strong that you would find yourself uh, tearing up when faced with the prospect of having to go and talk to someone that you didn't know. And, and just kind of this, this anxiety that was overwhelming. And then as a teenager, the way you would cope with this was actually by having that anxiety turn into anger. And you were mad at your mom. You were mad at yourself. And so now you needed to deal with that anger and, and you turned to lifting weights. And you still craved approval and appreciation from others at the same time. And, and you depended on others to make you feel better with, with their approval. And if this didn't happen, you said your, your mental health would just begin to spiral. 
You went to youth group with friends and enjoyed it, but you were still feeling like something was missing and you still had this emptiness and, and anger and you bottled it all up. You didn't share it with loved ones and your only escape was lifting. And the lifting helped. Your, your confidence was increasing and same with athletics, it helped, but you still knew something was missing. And as you went to college, the emptiness, the anxiety, the anger, you said all of it basically kind of reached its peak. But your roommates noticed what was going on and they invited you to go to church with them and you started going and tried to make it a priority but your struggles were still there. And Even to the point that at one point you said you, you broke your hand punching a wall in a moment of anger. And At night when everyone else was asleep and, and you couldn't calm your mind down, you would, you would go for walks and you would cry out to God for everything to just stop. And it, but it didn't feel like you were connecting with him which really just left you feeling even more incredibly alone. I'd love to say that there's some big miraculous moment where everything disappeared and changed, but it didn't really work that way for you. Instead, it was a slow process of change. A year later, you left college and you decided to really make following God your own journey, not something that your dad would you know, drag you to church or roommates would be pushing you to go. Instead, you wanted to do it on your own. And you sought after God. You were listening to podcasts, reading your Bible, going to church, and these started to become habits. And what helped is you always felt better after spending time with God. So it was a habit that you wanted to continue. You even began the process and found a way to forgive your mom. And now over this past year, you have never felt happier. You know it's because of this decision and this process and your effort instead of someone else's. And your mental health is better than ever. And instead of coming to God with demands of taking away your anger and, and anxiety and loneliness right then and there, you just trust that as you walk with him, he will work in your life and things will change. And you want to get baptized today because you want to publicly announce that you're living for Jesus. You are trusting in him and testify at the fact that he is where your healing and life change has come from. Your challenge for anyone listening today but especially anyone struggling with their mental health, is that when you make God your number one priority, it will change your life. And to forgive people in your life that have hurt you and caused you pain, hanging on to that is the only going to cause more pain and anger in your life. You have to let that go. So Riley, I'm going to pray, and we're going to baptize you. So Lord, we are so thankful for Riley and just this journey. God, and that you're continuing to work in him right now. You're continuing to, to just move in his life. And God, it isn't always this you know, single day, single moment, miraculous change. Sometimes it's a process of walking with you. And that just a, a long journey in the same direction towards you, the impact that that can have on our life. And, and we just thank you for the impact that it's had on Riley. Riley, because of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, Brianne, we got sister coming in next. Love seeing families getting baptized. All right. Brianne, you talked about how some of your earliest memories of going to church are actually here in this building. And you enjoyed that. And, and, but your parents ended up getting a divorce, and that changed many things. You kept going to church, though, and, and that was important to you. But 
at times it just became harder and harder to, to make it on the weekends. And you still wanted to, but it just didn't always work out. And at the same time, other stuff was changing as well. And your mom had become more and more dependent on, on alcohol and it altered her relationship with, with you kids. And instead of uh, having someone else taking care of you after the divorce, Brianne, you found yourself taking on more and more motherly roles and, and filling that void for your siblings. You were taking care of way more things than a typical 10-year-old should have to. And making sure everyone is getting ready for school, taking care of them, doing the work around the house, and to just be a role model that normally a, a parent would be. And all while switching between two homes, playing sports, trying to be a kid yourself, and keeping a big smile on your face, pretending like nothing was wrong. Your siblings are about the only people you confided in during this time. And you attribute a lot of your ability to carry on to your father and the positive role that he was playing. But you remember asking God why it was that you were going through all this. It seemed so unfair. Why was this the hand that you guys were dealt? To the point where you had prayed that something worse might even just happen so that you didn't have to keep going through this revolving door of hurt. And it stayed this way for a while. But you said in your junior year of high school, someone new came into your dad's life and into your life. And with that, you were able to talk to her and confide with her, and she gave you strength to change some of that situation. And not only was she helping you through these things, but you finally were able to rest a little and see what it was like to not have to be a caretaker all of the time. So you graduated high school, ended up down at a Christian college in the cities, and there was chapel three times a week, but you often found it easier to sleep than to go to chapel. I was the same, I, I will admit that. But despite that, you had some really godly influences around you and your friends and professors that kept pointing you towards God. In your senior year, you found a church that you really liked and you wanted to be at and it ended up uh, your cousin was going there and all these pieces just seemed to kind of be falling together. And, but right at the same time everything was coming together, you were graduating and moving back here. And just the difficulty of coming back home as an adult and, and living at home and going to church with your dad and, and still trying to make this your own and just all of, all of the hardness that kind of goes with some of that. But you said you've been finding that rhythm and devoting more time to God and to church. And, and you're finding that you have different priorities, ones that are built on God's purpose for your life. You've surrounded yourself with friends who lead you and your faith really in the best way. And you've been digging into what you really believe and asking the hard questions, going beyond the surface level faith. And you want to get baptized because you feel that this is your next step, that it's important, and you want to continue to grow and to declare to the people around you how important this walk with God is to you. Your challenge for people here today is that your past life and experiences do not define your future. You've put this off because you let fear and the stress of what people thought take over and stop you from getting into the baptismal tank here, but ultimately you said that's why you're doing this. You don't want to let fear have the last word and have control in this situation. I'm going to pray over you, Brianne, and then we're going to baptize you. God, we, we thank you, Lord, just for the way that you have um, even just protected Brianne over the years. God, that you have, you have used situations in her life to develop her into the woman that she is. Lord, and that, that you can still use that. God, that that can be part of the purpose. God, not that you necessarily cause those things, but God, you can redeem all things. You make all things work together for the good of those who love you. 
Lord, and we are just praying that over Brianne, and, and we just pray that this would be um, just a, a springboard again into the life that, that she has been wanting to live and she has been moving towards, and that you would just continue to speak clarity into her life in this season. Brianne, because of your confession of faith in Jesus, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, Tina. Tina grew up in Pennsylvania and then moved to Kentucky when you were 13. Your family is Amish, and that's how you were raised, that's your background. And you were taught to basically never question your Amish faith and, and what you believed. And it didn't matter if you didn't know why you believed it. You just had to believe it. And you talked about how when you were 14, there was this pivotal moment where you, you got into a big argument with your dad about one of the beliefs. And he looked you in the eyes during this disagreement and said, I know that someday you are going to leave the Amish and you're going to follow in your uncle's footsteps. Because your, your dad had five brothers that had left the Amish, and were shunned and excommunicated and, and weren't part of the picture anymore. And he said that always bothered you that when they were shunned that you just couldn't, you couldn't be in their life anymore and, and you couldn't be in your cousin's lives and that bothered you. And, and when your dad said this, that he knew that you were going to leave, you were, you were bent on proving him wrong. <laughs> that you were going to prove him wrong, you were going to stay. But you always wanted to know the why behind things. So you kept asking and you kept getting the same answer. This is how our ancestors did it. This is how we do it. No one was trying to search or learn or grow. And, and they were just going through the motions. And, and over the years, you kept having things build up. You did get baptized, you said, when you were 17. But really only because you were pressured. You, it was expected of you. You had to do it prior to turning 18. And, but you didn't really want to. And it didn't mean anything to you. And it really wasn't your choice as much as just being forced to do it. One of the things that you had done a little bit of a, a pushback is that you had a secret cell phone. And you talked about how it was secret from your parents, but it wasn't secret from your siblings, and they definitely liked to use your secret cell phone. And, but then at one point, your sister was, was getting married, and, and her and her fiancé had to stand in front of the church, and, and one of the things you had to do was basically kind of confess anything that was wrong in your life so that you were in, in right standing. And in this confession, it came out that she had been talking on a cell phone. And in that moment, she didn't necessarily say whose it was, but the church leaders began to dig and dig and, and found that it was yours and, and approached you and said that that needed to go and, and you didn't want it to. And they said, well, then you're probably going to be shunned. And you said, well, if I'm going to be shunned, I might as well leave. And you walked out at 23 years old. And you went back a few weeks later to get your stuff and your family had said they wanted you to take it so they could move on with their lives. One of your uncles had left and he, he, he came and picked you up and you didn't have a job or a driver's license. You barely ended up with your birth certificate and social security card. You said that your family was planning on keeping it. But you were, you were talking on Facebook 
with a young Moses Borntrager up in Minnesota. And he eventually ended up buying you a bus ticket. And so you hopped on a bus with not a whole lot and went up to Minnesota, terrified the whole way up. But you guys got married in 2016 and you had wanted to try to go to church. You know, a lot of people, when there's that much hurt in their past, especially at the hands of something that would be religious, that they would just run the other way. But you, you still knew that there was something there. There was truth there. It just wasn't being pulled out. And you wanted to try and go to church, but your social anxiety was getting the better of you at a lot of times. And then you guys had Mason. And again, you wanted to try church, but nothing panned out. And, and then Michael. Michael left the same community you had been part of. And, and you guys took him in. He came up here to Minnesota. And Michael wanted to find a church. And now you kind of had a good excuse and a good reason to go find a church. And you had gone to Ruby's Pantry a few times over at the River of Life in Sox Center. And you were planning on going there. And then someone said, hey, you know, there's one in Long Prairie, right? And she's like, even better. All right? And you're right. It is even better. <laughs> you, found, you found the right one. Uh, from your first week, you loved it. You said the music was something that just drew you closer to God. But the biggest thing was how you felt welcomed from the first moment you walked through the doors. And you said that welcome is what brought you back the next weekend and the next and the next and the next. And you have been in life groups and you've started volunteering on, on a serve team and helping in the nursery and, uh, and Mason and Moses are coming and, and you said you are way more joyful in life. Anxiety is still present at times but it is so much easier to deal with knowing that you aren't alone. You feel like you're a better person, that your marriage is better, and you have a community that you know you can rely on. And you want to get baptized because it's your choice. No one is telling you you have to. No one is pressuring you to do it. And you are living for Jesus. You want to show it. You want to be proud of it. And you want to make this choice of getting baptized. This is your story. You get to ask questions and you get to go after God. And your challenge to people today is never stop searching. And don't let social anxiety hold you back from being in a God-loving community. You even talked about how one Sunday you were standing here and during worship you, you just felt this overwhelming need to go for prayer. And you never felt that before and you didn't know why and you were terrified, but then you finally you were wrestling with it. You stepped out and you went and you went and found someone to pray with you and immediately you just you said this weight was just lifted off your shoulders. And that's, that's what community can do in those moments. That's what prayer can do. And so... Tina, I, I want to say one more thing before we, before we pray, and that's this. Like, your family may have shunned you, and, and I know you've lost friends and you've felt rejected. But know this in, this, in this community, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you have a home. You are a vital part of this church. All right. I'm going to try and get through praying for you right now. So, God, we just thank you for Tina. Lord, we thank you for every single step of this journey. God, and I pray that those moments where she felt so alone and so abandoned and so rejected, God, that now instead she just feels your overwhelming love and your overwhelming presence. God, that she knows that she has a community here who loves her, who will do anything. God, that this is family, that she has a family. That Moses and, and Mason and Michael, they have a family. God, we thank you for bringing them to this community, Lord. 
Tina, because of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lastly, Julie Morrow. She's going to get a little wet first. Julie, you and I have had a few conversations over the years of different times where I get a text message and, hey, can I stop in and can we talk about something? And I think people always feel guilty doing that for some reason. Like, remember, that's literally my job. All right. Um, so am I bothering you? No, no, please. And, and we've had all sorts of conversations talking through things. And, um, you know, when, when your write-up came back, you know, it was, it was a shorter one and I read through it and, and I'm sitting there looking at it and I know I'm like, I know your story. There's so much in your story. But I actually, I loved what you wrote. Um, and, and I'm actually going to read more word for word a little bit of what you have here. Because I just, I love some of the ways that you put this. It's, it's simple and to the point, but it's so beautiful. And uh, so I, I just want to, I want to more so read this one. And you said, I've always believed that there was a God. But I never really believed in a God that cared for me. My journey really began rather recently in the year 2021. That was the year that I realized both my parents were gone. I was no longer anybody's little girl. And the surface relationships I had with my brothers and sisters had completely fallen apart. I was so hurt, so lost, and so stuck in my own pity that out of desperation, I began to pray through gritted teeth, asking God to help me to forgive them for what they did to me. Somewhere my prayers changed to, I surrender, God. I give you every part of my messed up life. Show me what about me is holding me back from you and help my unbelief. And you said he did. I'm working through rejection, failure, shame, sexual assault, suicide, drug abuse, dysfunction, pride, and depression. But most recently... He's been leading me to baptism. I love that. He said since the beginning to follow God, you, you have so much more peace now in every aspect of your life. You said you have peace. Where previously a bad interaction at work, which you work at a DMV, so let's... I mean, come on, this is probably every other person. A bad reaction at work might set you off for several days, which probably meant every single day you were set off. But now you are learning how to just allow God to take those and not let them, not let them affect you like that. And you're learning how to slow down and just lean on God instead of trying to lean on other people. And you wanted to get baptized because it's your choice, not because you're a certain age or because you have to for someone else or to join a certain church. It's your choice to have this relationship with Jesus and your choice to declare it to the world today by being baptized. 
He said, you still have things to figure out. You haven't arrived at your goal. But then you quoted Paul in Philippians. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And your challenge for people today is if you think you have wandered too far from God for too long, that there is a way back to him. No matter what you think, understand that it is never too late to turn towards him. You can never be too far away from God. He wants you to come back. He's waiting for you with open arms to embrace you and care for you in the midst of all your hurt and pain. That's beautiful. Julie, I'm going to pray over you. God, we thank you for Julie and just this this journey. Lord, I, I know there has been so much hurt along the way. God, there has been pain. There has been just dysfunction within family. God, but we, we know that you can heal all things. Lord, and so I do even right now pray for healing between Julie and her siblings. God, in those family relationships, God, that there would be healing that would happen. But Lord, I thank you that this also just led to a moment of just simply saying, I surrender. I surrender everything to you. And So God, in this moment, this is something that she has already done. She has made that decision of surrendering to you, but right now she is just declaring that in front of everybody, and we, we thank you for that. G- uh, Julie, because of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.